Pat is an overpaid tech bro, like pretty much every white boy who lives in Seattle. He's a software developer who knows a little bit about tech, but mostly just excels at feeling overwhelmed by the world's many, many problems. Paige is a literal rocket scientist. She's a software engineer for a private aerospace and space transportation company. While she's not an expert in the topic we're discussing today, I hope you'll take her word for it when she assures you that she's done her research. Each week we learn about one of the myriad problems ruining the modern world. But instead of succumbing to existential dread, we'll explore what we can actually do to fix them. These issues are terrifying, daunting, and seemingly insurmountable. But through a combination of individual efforts at varying degrees of commitment, yearly, monthly, weekly, daily, maybe they're actually surmountable. Today's topic is, your Netflix habit set Australia on fire. Okay, I'm obviously exaggerating a lot there, and that title is total clickbait, but there's a kernel of truth to it. So let's dig into it a little. Obviously, the bushfires in Australia are nothing to joke about. They're extremely devastating to the human and animal populations there. At least 34 people have died along with a billion animals, and some endangered species may have gone extinct. And we're likely not going to know the full extent of the damage and environmental cost for a long time. Bushfires are a natural, regular occurrence, but this fire season has been especially destructive, thanks to a prolonged period of high temperatures and drought conditions, which, as you can probably guess, are caused, exacerbated, and sustained by climate change. Today's topic isn't to debate the reality of human-caused climate change, or to decide whether or not the Australian bushfires are worse because of it, which is almost definitely true. We're talking about Netflix. It's not just Netflix, but Netflix has become synonymous with streaming video after they spent 10 years being synonymous with DVDs in your mailbox. Sidebar, remember when they renamed the DVDs by mail service to Quickster in 2011 and everyone freaked out? That was dumb. Did you know that five years later in 2016, they quietly rebranded that part of the business to DVD.com? And I'm willing to bet this is the first time you're hearing about it. Second, but only because you told me that like two weeks ago. Time makes fools of us all. Actually, so that was only the second worst thing that they've ever done. But how does Netflix play into this? Did old episodes of Parks and Rec cause the deaths of a billion animals? Okay, so we're not actually talking about Australian bushfires specifically, but climate change generally. So, yeah, no, Netflix didn't kill all those kangaroos, but it does contribute significantly to climate change, which is making regular fire seasons much more destructive which in turn exacerbates climate change, which makes fires worse, etc., 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 ad infinitum until the whole world burns down. Most of this information and the inspiration for this episode comes from the article Can the Internet Survive Climate Change on NewRepublic.com by Kevin Lozano. The link will be in the footnotes. He goes into way more detail about the internet as a whole, but I'm just going to talk about streaming today. Again, I don't want to pick on just Netflix here, but they're the giant of video streaming, so most of the stats I could find are about them. YouTube actually streams way more content. Data from July 2018 had YouTube with 198 million monthly users compared to Netflix's 72 million, but Netflix is far and away the most popular paid subscription video streaming service. That's according to an article titled 40 Most Memorable Netflix Statistics of 2020 by Alexander S. from TechJury.com. I also learned from that article that Netflix stats reported nearly 165 million hours of video were watched every day, 
which works out to about 1 hour 11 minutes each day for each user. Which, yeah, that checks out. We love our fucking Netflix. But you're probably still not seeing how this is destroying the Earth. Back to the article by Kevin Lozano, and I'm going to quote him directly here. Streaming one hour of Netflix a week requires more electricity annually than the yearly output of two new refrigerators. So over the course of a year, streaming for an hour a week that year, you're essentially running two extra refrigerators in your home. Remember, that's in addition to the one you've already got in your kitchen and the second one that, according to CNN, a quarter of you have in your garage. These are new refrigerators, though, so at least there's that. The new ones are much more efficient. And that's just for one hour per week. The average user watches more than that per day. Every day. To the tune of about 432 hours per year. So if 52 hours per year is equivalent to two extra refrigerators, then 432 hours per year is 16. And 16 refrigerators use a lot of energy, even if they're the new ones. Remember, that's just from Netflix. This doesn't take into account Hulu, Amazon, Peacock, CBS All Access, HBO Go, YouTube, Disney+, Apple TV+, Plex, or any of the other thousand services. I mean, you're not seeing the electricity costs of those refrigerators, because the majority of the electrical requirements occur on the side of Netflix's servers. But, and Paige, I know you know this, and most of our listeners do too, but for completeness, I'll say it anyway. Servers are just computers. Big, expensive, specialized computers that run all the time. They run all the time because otherwise you could only watch Netflix during business hours. So all over the place, there are warehouses full of computers that never get turned off and get super hot. According to Dataspan.com, anywhere between 30 and 55% of a data center's energy consumption goes into powering its cooling and ventilation systems, with the average hovering around 40%. And as you know, by looking at your electricity bill during the summer, cooling systems use a lot of electricity. That's why streaming video uses so much power. Doing anything online requires some amount of electricity, and streaming video is data-intensive, so it uses much more. And since most of the world's power plants are still reliant on fossil fuels, Kevin Lozano is right. The internet is the largest coal-fired machine on the planet. The internet currently accounts for 10% of global electricity demand. That's predicted to rise to at least 20% by 2030. At that point, it will produce more carbon than any country except China, India, and the United States, which are the three most populous countries and the biggest carbon producers. Additional streaming services are launching all the time, and Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu release new content pretty much every damn day. As streaming becomes more popular and more data-intensive, as more content is available in 4 or even 8K, that share will continue to climb. And that's just right now, when about half of the world still doesn't have internet access. When those additional 3 billion or so people start streaming video every day, there are going to be a lot of extra refrigerators running. So we better go catch them. So, I, I think that was sufficiently terrifying. So how do we don't be afraid about this? Should I get rid of my refrigerator? Um, or my garage refrigerator? I plan on getting rid of my garage refrigerator... Because I read a different article that was like, don't, don't do that, man. Get rid of it. Well, it's not the exact headline, but uh, it was something like that. Got the point across. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I mean, that's not a bad idea. Specifically, I think that's not going to mitigate the problems with streaming video. Um, 
the title of this episode isn't your refrigerator set Netflix on fire or <laughs> it's also not your refrigerator set Australia on fire. <laughs> Better go catch it. <laughs> Better go catch it. Um, I think a solution, a possible solution at the lowest level of commitment is just to limit streaming. Um, I know a lot of people that stream videos as they're falling asleep. Uh, so auto playing videos when you're sleeping is obviously an unnecessary waste of energy. Um, Guilty. If, yeah, it happens. Um, if you you know if you stream videos as you fall asleep, you can consider setting a more restrictive sleep timer so you aren't sleep sleep streaming as much. Because you know you're not you're not watching it if it's just playing to an empty room or to a room of sleeping people. I think at the medium level of commitment. Um, you can decide to cut back on the content you watch. Do we need to watch Parks and Rec for the hundredth time? Maybe not. We could do something else with that time instead, even just for 30 minutes a day. If we stream just one episode each day instead of two or three, we're at less than half of the average Netflix user's consumption. I know, I, I'm standing on my or I'm up on my high horse here talking about don't stream, do something else, read a book, nerds. But, you know, I've watched Park Direct specifically about a thousand times. Yeah, I like to rewatch the same things while I'm trying to fall asleep so I can have some white noise. And it's not super productive. I don't really need to do that. It helps me sleep, but I'll probably fall asleep anyway. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I guess we have, we have to make sacrifices if we're going to keep the world from explode. I guess another option is possibly restricting the quality that you're streaming in. Um, I know if you have a 4K TV, you want to use all four of those Ks, but streaming at a lower quality will use less data and should therefore use less power. Um, and I would suggest maybe being intentional about the content you're consuming instead of just streaming whatever's available or the next thousand episodes of Parks and Rec. Uh, go to the library and check out the DVDs or Blu-rays or the content that you want. Um, I know I, a few months ago, had a problem where I was trying to watch a movie that I owned on DVD but didn't have a disc drive in my house. So that's obviously not great. I'm not going to go recommend that you go buy an Xbox or a PlayStation because the carbon-intensive production process for that is likely way worse. But... You know, you could run to a thrift store and there's probably a working DVD or Blu-ray player there that you could hook up and, you know, you could use the library's content. I did actually just buy a used DVD player so that I could do that um, for my book club, which is actually a movie club. That's what I call a book club. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is only somewhat related, but... I know that video games these days are super shitty about requiring you to be online all the time, even if they're single player games. Um, but I think if you can, turning off the internet connection on your console while you play, if it's a single player game that doesn't require an online connection, uh, you're not wasting energy communicating with their servers when you don't need to be. And the highest level of commitment is to pester your elected officials and demand renewable energy sources. Uh, there's a lot of talk about, you know, increasing the coal industry. And I think that's, that's a, a dying ship that we're hooking ourselves to. 
Um, you know, you live by coal, you die by coal. Switching your own home to solar power isn't going to affect much if Netflix's servers are still burning coal. But if you put pressure on the company and the government to switch to sustainable energy, that could make a huge difference. I think I would argue that uh, petitioning your elected officials would be a very small amount of commitment, but it would require a lot of people to actually get some traction and like making personal changes in your own life. Like, oh, I'm going to read a book for six hours today instead of watching three movies back to back. Um, that does require a lot of personal discipline and commitment, which is not to say it's a bad thing. I think everyone could improve for that, but I would, I would venture a guess that that would be a lot more difficult for more, most people to pull off. That's a fair point. I suppose we can agree to disagree on the levels of commitment there. Fair enough. I just, I can't agree to that. <laughs> Unfair enough. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, and another thing that you mentioned, you did list Plex in your streaming services, but Plex also allows you to like, this is not an ad for Plex unless they want to sponsor me, in which case it will be. Please sponsor us, Plex. <laughs> Please sponsor us. This is a, more like a petition for sponsorship. Um, Plex allows you to host your own content le- locally, not legally, <laughs> allows you to host your own content locally. So if you are watching it um over your local network streaming internally you're not contacting external servers it's slightly better yes slightly because you still are requiring the internet access but since it's on the local network it's not as bad probably yeah and if you do switch your house to solar or to another sustainable energy source then you're mitigating that problem entirely plex does offer um free streaming of other content that would come from their servers and you can also stream if you're a member of a media server or whatever their term for it is you can stream from another network from the server from your home server so it it can do just local or it can do external streaming so sponsor us plex (laughs) all right um yeah so i learned a lot i actually didn't realize uh, the impact of my streaming media addiction. And I will most certainly be a little bit more aware of that moving forward. How about you? Yeah. Uh, until I read that article, I didn't realize it was something I should be afraid of. Um, and once I read it, I felt really guilty about it. Um, it, it seems like who could it possibly be harming? just yeah but you know the whole world the world is complicated everything's interconnected and um even choices that feel like they don't have any consequences affect us all yeah it really sucks to find out that you're making choices even when you're not making choices the lack of action is still action yes exactly and those poor koalas they're weird looking animals not just Australia, like every single country on earth, I think, has had the worst fire season ever in the past couple of years. Like, yeah, I know increasingly the bad each fires year. recently yeah. were really destructive. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a bad few years. And like I said, it fires get worse because of climate change, which releases more carbon into the air and makes climate change worse. And it's a, it's a cycle that, um, it gets, 
because it's pretty scary when you think about it. Um, and I, you know, I just picked Australia because that's in the news right now, and clickbait will help us get fives of Plex listeners to sponsor <laughs> and to get Plex to sponsor us. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We've been your hosts, Paige and Pat. Our editor is Lorenzo Lalamarmo, whose last name I hope I'm pronouncing correctly because I just realized I've never said it out loud before. Our intro song is Feeling Dark, Behind the Mask, by Looped, spelled 700P3D, which I only know how to pronounce because there's a pronunciation guide on their SoundCloud page. You can check out our footnotes for this episode on anchor.fm slash don'tbeafraid, or in the description of the episode, wherever pods are casted. We'll post links to the articles we referenced today, as well as some further reading. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at don'tbeafraidpod, and email us at don'tbeafraidpod at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, or expertise in any field, don't hesitate to let us know. Just be nice. There's enough negativity in the world already.